Avenu Malkenu, our Father and our King. Give me eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to perceive, and the will to obey your word today. In Yeshua's name, amen. Last week, Rabbi Michael uh, started our series, our Elul series. We're in the month of Elul, which is the month that leads up to Tishri and the High Holy Days. Uh, so he started our series, which is entitled The Preparation for Spiritual Renewal. And we are looking at Tehillim 27. That's the passage that is the basis for this series. And he encouraged us from the first three verses with these truths. Number one, Adonai Ori. Adonai is my light who gives illumination in the midst of darkness and directs me in the way that I should go. The second thing was Adonai Meuzi. Adonai is my refuge, my stronghold, and I don't have to fear no matter what's going on around me. And the third thing that he encouraged us with last week was Ha'aminu Adonai, have faith in God, that our eyes need to be open to see the armies of the host of heavens that are surrounding me and my situation, and again, God's protection and provision for my life, and to put my trust in, in him. So today's message is entitled, One Thing I Ask, and we'll be looking at verses 4 through 6 of Tehillim 27, which say, Just one thing I asked of Adonai, only this will I seek, to live in the house of Adonai all the days of my life, to see the beauty of Adonai and visit in his temple, for he will conceal me in his shelter on the day of trouble. He will hide me in the folds of his tent. He will set me high on a rock. Then my head will be lifted up above my surrounding foes, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing, sing praises to Adonai. God, I thank you for this word. I pray that uh, it would pierce deeply into our hearts, that it would take root, Lord, and, and produce a hundredfold fruit, fruit in our lives, God. Let us all have ears to hear, God. May I speak under the unction and anointing of your Ruach HaKodesh. Amen. I'm going to spend most of my time focusing on verse 4 because verses in 5 and 6 are the results of our applying the truth that is in verse 4. So I feel it's important for us to grasp what Adonai is saying here. And he's asking us all a question. What is the one thing that you would ask of Adonai today? made me think about our children sometimes when they were younger and even sometimes a little older. And you're in the store with them and you say, okay, pick one thing out, right? And uh, I'll buy you one thing today because, you know, when kids go to the store, they want everything, right? So, so as a parent, you finally, okay, I'll get you one thing today. And, and how many of you can remember how they keep walking back and forth because, oh, they don't know what to get? And, you, and then sometimes you get to that point where you're like, okay, I'm leaving, so if you don't pick that one thing, you're getting no thing today, right? Which sort of prompts and encourages uh, you know, the child to, to make a decision. But sometimes we are, are like that with Adonai because there are so many things that we want to see him do in our lives. And, and there's nothing wrong with that because he does talk about how he wants to to move and, and pour out his spirit and, and direct us. I know that there are many needs represented here in this sanctuary and in the lives of those listening on the podcast. And some of you might have a financial need. Others need healing and we need healing in our bodies. 
Some need relationships restored. But again, God's saying, what is the one thing that you would ask of me today? What would that one thing be? As I was contemplating this, I realized that sometimes my own personal needs drive me in my prayers. And I don't think that that's a good place for me to be, or for you, for that matter of fact, to be driven by the needs in our lives. As I said, obviously God tells us to make our petitions known to him. Uh, But I don't want to be driven by my needs or my circumstances when I come into his presence. And I think that there's a better choice, and I think that is the choice that David uh, took. But I'd say it's not always an easy choice to make. I don't think it was easy for David. You know, sometimes we can think, well, he's the king, you know. Uh, you know so it was easy for him because he had everything. But David had a lot of service in his life, too, as you read through uh, the books of the history of Israel. And sometimes it's hard because our needs are very real to us and, and they're screaming very loudly, take care of me, right? Do something to make this pain stop. Change your circumstances so your life will be better. These are all sorts of t- thoughts and things that scream loudly in our minds sometimes. But I believe if we learn the secret that David knew and made, the choice that he made, that all of our needs will be taken care of. David said, there is one thing I ask of you, God. And this is the only thing I seek. I thought, wow, the only thing he sought? Is it possible to seek only one thing? Look at what God said of David in the New Covenant in Acts chapter 30, 13, 22. It says, I have found David ben Yeshai to be a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want. Why is this said of David? Could it be because he made this choice to seek only one thing? I see all the question marks popping over your head. Because I had the same thing going on in me, like, really? How can I seek only one thing, Rabbi Carol? There are so many things that I need God to do in my life, and he's the one who's supposed to move and answer my prayers. I have to seek him to answer my needs. Again, do you think David was any different than you and me? Being a king didn't exempt him from troubles. As I said earlier, he had a lot of service. I think he had more than his fair share of problems that he had to deal with on a regular basis in his life. Yet in all of those things that were happening around him, all the trouble he faced, people were threatening to kill him, having the king who he served faithfully throwing javelins at him, having his own son betray him. And all those things he could say, there's one thing only, God. There's only one thing I'm going to ask of you, God. And this is the thing that I will seek.
Because what if in seeking that one thing, it means that everything else in my life and your life is taken care of? This summer, we did a four-week series on worship, which in essence was about seeking the presence of Adonai in our daily lives and here on, not just here on Shabbat or special service. And what if, if I learn to abide in his presence, that if I learn to really make seeking him that one thing that, that I do in my life, that all my other issues were resolved. Or if they are still there, there's a peace that takes me through them. David says here the one thing that he would seek was to live in the house of Adonai all the days of my life. To see the beauty of Adonai and to wait in his temple. What did David mean by that? Did he mean he was actually going into the temple to stay there? I don't think so. I believe that he meant his heart was constantly drawn to the presence of God, whether he was that shepherd taking care of his father's sheep or he was the king sitting on the throne. He desired to be in the presence of his creator. And whether you and I realize it on a regular basis, that is the true cry of our hearts. The cry of your heart, the cry of my heart is really to know God. We were each created with this desire that can only, only be fulfilled by our creator. Your heart, my heart, desires to be in his presence as we sang today. You're the reason we came. It's your love that I long for, God. That's what David was saying. God, you're the reason for my very existence. And if everything going on, there's really only one thing I want, God. That's to be with you. Your heart, my heart, even when we don't recognize it, is desperate to be in his presence. We look for other things to fulfill that desire. And we run after people and relationships and jobs and and material things. And again, nothing wrong with those things. As we said many times before, but they leave us empty. Because the one thing that your heart wants, you're not giving it. And that one thing is to know God. And to abide and to seek his face in his presence. The heart is crying out, God, I seek you. I seek to abide in your presence. I seek to know you better today than yesterday or last week. And I wish that I could truly express to you and put in your heart the things that I felt as I'm reading and meditating on this passage and preparing my message and even in worship today and and yesterday as I was reflecting and I was listening to someone who is uh, no longer on this earth, but there's a video of him, and he's talking about his heart for God, and our heart is stirred for a hunger for more of you, God. Do I have needs that I need God to meet in my life? Yeah, I do. I have a few. I can roll out my list to you later. When it's all said and done, 
when I connect to God like we connected today in his presence, when I feel his love for me and I'm able to express my love for him, I know that all those things are going to be taken care of. And we're in this month preparing for spiritual renewal. I believe Adonai wants to encourage each one of us that he wants our hearts, that he's longing for the person who will seek him and give him everything that they have. Look at what David said in another psalm, Tehillim 26.8. And we recite this sometimes here in, in our service. Adonai, I love the house where you live and the place where your glory resides. I love the house, the place where you dwell. There wasn't a permanent structure at that time. Shlomo, David's son, was the one to build the temple. And again, David is not talking just about the physical place, although coming here, there's a sense of coming and feeling his presence. I've shared this many times before growing up. When I came to faith, the congregation we went to was literally around the block. We walked to service most of the time. And as a teenager, however, whatever my father's position was, I had a key that I could go in to that sanctuary anytime I wanted to, and I often would go up and sit and play at the piano and just sit there in God's, in God's presence. There is something about coming into his place and, and just pulling away from the rest of, of, of life. But that could be a place in your home as well. God says, seek me. He wants us to respond like David did in the midst of whatever is happening in our lives. God, I want to choose one thing. I want to be passionate to know you. God, you are the reason, Lord, in my whole life. Nothing else matters, God, but you. So we sung again today, you are my world. I lay down my life for you, God. My wants, my desires, even my needs. For you, God, because you are the desire of my heart. You are the one that I long for, God. You are the one that truly, truly can satisfy. And David said, the psalmist said in another place, as the deer pants and longs for water, so my soul longs for you. But so often, we don't even realize that that's what our soul is thirsting for. You know, in the natural, people don't always know that they, they are thirsty. It's easy to know you're hungry because your stomach starts growling. You know, sometimes I can wake up and my stomach's growling. And the very moment I wake up, I'm not even out of bed. It's like, feed me. But we could go without water and not even realize that we're dehydrated. You know that? I do because it happens to me a lot. 
as it is in the natural, so it is spiritually. Sometimes we are spiritually dehydrated. And our soul is, is, is crying out, but we have you know, pushed it down because we are distracted by our needs or by all the other stuff going on in our life. But our soul, our spirit is crying out to the Spirit of God. And when we connect, when we allow our soul to connect and our spirit to truly, truly respond to the presence of God, it's going to cry out like David did. God, one thing, one thing I seek. That is to dwell in your presence, to behold you and your beauty, to know you like I've never, ever known you before. And what happens when we seek that one thing? David tells us in the next two verses these things. He says, because when I seek you, some translations say for or when, you bring deliverance. In verse 5, look at the three things that Adonai says will happen in my life through David and yours if we simply live in his presence. First, he will conceal me in his shelter on the day of trouble, and he will hide me in the folds of his tents. Conceal is the Hebrew word yitzpeneni, and it's a word that means to hide something in order to protect it. So as I seek God and as I go after him and as I make him the one desire that I'm going to put my attention and my heart to. He will protect me. It's used in the book of Shemot of Moshe's mother who hid him in the Nile River in that basket. And that's the word that is used there. What was she doing putting him in that basket to protect him from wicked Pharaoh who was seeking to kill her son along with all the other baby boys in Egypt, the Hebrew boys. Who has trouble in your lives today? I do. How can I escape that trouble? Sometimes that's that place of shelter that God has for us. And how do I get to that place? When I seek him. When I say one thing, God, I'm going after to love on you. Tehillim 32.7, the psalmist says, You are a hiding place for me. You will keep me from distress, you will surround me with songs of deliverance. But sometimes he takes us up to the high places to escape the enemy seeking to devour us. He says he will set me on a high rock, and that's not just a physical rock, but it's God himself, and he's, he's our rock. He's the tower defense against our enemy. And, and, you know, don't you know when you up in that high place, you know, when the enemy is down or, or you know, uh, even again in the unfortunate circumstances happening in in Texas, with the floodwaters, those who are in an elevated place, they escaped, right? Because they were safe there. And so this is the imagery here that God's going to set us up in a high place to escape the enemy. Well, how do I get to that high place? Not by striving on myself or in myself, but when I say, I'm seeking you, God, you're my one thing. Well, God's going to take me to that high place. And, and the third thing that he says here in verse 5 is that, that then my head will be lifted up above all my enemies, my surrounding foes. So whether it's in that secret shelter that he has prepared for us or it's on that high place that he takes us to, the ultimate result is victory in our lives. So David is saying that he found security in the presence of Adonai by seeking God and making him the one thing 
the priority of his life. That's what he's saying here when he's saying, there's one thing that I seek, God. There's one thing I'm going to ask, and that I'm going to seek is your presence. What he is saying in essence is, I'm making you my number one priority. And the world where there's so many things pulling on your heart and my heart, pulling on your time and my time, making God the number one priority is not an easy thing to do. And David is saying that by seeking God and making him the priority of his life, that he is at peace even when the enemy is pursuing him because he knows that God will protect him one way or the other. See, there's no doubt in his mind because he knows who his God is. And the way that you and I can know who God is is to spend that time in his presence. He has an intimate relationship with the creator of the universe. He loved God and received God's love back to him. Tehillim, Psalm 31, 20, verse 21 in the Hebrew says, In the shelter of your presence, where? Your presence. You hide me from human plots. You conceal them in your shelter, safe from contentious tongues. A few weeks ago in my message, Good News, Bad News, We talked about how that everything bad in your life is usually the result of the enemy who is seeking to kill, steal, and destroy the abundant life that God has promised, although occasionally it might be the result of our own decisions. But the enemy plots and he accuses and he seeks to destroy all that is good. And all those troubles and all the needs that we think are what we must focus on when approaching God, these are troubles from the enemy and what David is saying is that Adonai will protect us in the shelter of his presence his presence that's why David says one thing I'm asking God I'm not asking you to take away my enemies God I'm not asking you to to give me food on my table I'm not asking you God there's one thing I'm asking you and this is the one thing God the one thing only that I will seek that I may dwell in your presence, God. You're the reason I came, God. Your love surrounds me. Your love is what has drawn me here. You are my world, God. You are the reason I have given everything because I love you. And in saying that, David was saying, I know you're going to take care of my enemies. I know you're going to put the food on my table. But I'm focused. My priority is seeking you. Because in your presence is where everything else will be taken care of. And finally, when we look at the, the last verse of this passage today, verse 6. When we make God the priority, there's that confidence that he is going to take care of our needs. And what it does is it brings from within and out of us a song of praise, a shout of joy unto the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing, sing praises to Adonai. 
David did not just sing when he was delivered. He, listened, he learned to shout for joy and to sing praise even when he was surrounded by his enemy. Why? Because, again, his priority was seeking God and dwelling in his presence, which brought that assurance that God was going to take care of his problems. God was going to be his protector and his deliverer. In the Tanakh, we know what a sacrifice is. It most often refers to the offering of an animal in the literal sense, a literal sacrifice that the person had to give one of their flocks or herd. So it costs them something. I had to take one of my lambs or one of my goats or you know, one of my herd, and I had to take it and give it. So when he says, I'm going to offer a sacrifice of praise, it meant that sometimes, even when the enemy was still there, I'm going to rejoice and sing in God's presence. Because I'm seeking after you, and I'm confident in who you are. And it relates to Rabbi Michael's message last week. Like Elisha's servant, we need to have our eyes open to see that right now in this sanctuary, there's so much more happening than what you see with your naked eye. And if you could see the spiritual hosts of heaven surrounding you. And David knew that truth as well. That's why, again, seeking God was the priority of his life. And he could sing in the midst of the battle and in the midst of trouble. Spiritually speaking, sacrifice is something that costs us, and it's something that David learned to do even when he didn't feel like it, and even if things were not going the way he thought in his life. And it ties in with our Haftorah portion for today from Isaiah 54, which we read earlier in our Torah service, but I want to read it to you from the message translation. Sing, barren woman who has never had a baby. Fill the air with song, you who have never experienced childbirth. You're ending up with far more children than all those child-bearing women. God says so. Turn to your neighbor and says, God says so. Clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large. Spread out. Think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. You're going to take over whole nations. You're going to resettle abandoned cities. Don't be afraid. You're not going to be embarrassed. Don't hold back. You're not going to come up short. Sacrifices of joy. You see, when we learn to live in his presence, we are overflowing with his joy because we know that we know that we know that in his presence, he has everything under control. We know that the promises of God are true for our lives. We know that what he has spoken, he will accomplish, that he is not a man, that he should lie. He does not lie, cannot lie, and will not lie to you or to me. And when I'm biting in his, in his presence, I'm at peace. Though the storm rage around me, even if hell is thrown everything at me, I am not stressed because I'm in his presence. And therefore, I can sing. I choose to sing. I will rejoice because God will fulfill his word in my life.
He will bring restoration in your marriage. Your family members, your sons, your daughters, your husband, your wife, your parents, your brothers, your sisters, aunts and uncles, nephews and nieces will come to know the Messiah. Beth Emanuel will impact the Jewish community of Long Island and the greater New York area. In fact, as our Haftor portion says, God will do an awesome thing. It says he's bringing increase into our lives, not just a monetary thing, but meeting our needs and fulfilling the promise that you are holding on to and believing God for in your life. David, before he became king, had to hold on to that promise after he had been anointed by Shmuel because Saul was out to kill him. And in those times of hiding and, and, and being pursued by someone who wanted to destroy him, David held on to the promise of God and continued to seek God and continued to rejoice in who he was in his life. So my encouragement to us today is let us sing and shout for joy because of the goodness of our God. You will not be ashamed. People will be amazed at what God does for you and for this congregation. Friends, every need that you or I have, every situation that's represented here in this congregation or in the lives of the people listening in the podcast, we have people from all over the world that listen to this podcast. They will be met when we make seeking Adonai our priority. Seeking God is not an intellectual pursuit, and I'm not opposed to in- intellect. I mean, right, we're encouraging our kids to go towards their PhDs. That's their goal. My son's already looking into graduate schools. You know, I did my master's. I learned from my son that I have ABM, all, ABD, all but the dissertation. I completed everything but my dissertation for my PhD. So we're not opposed to pursuit of, of, of intellect and wisdom. But pursuit of God goes beyond that, okay? It's our spirit connecting to his spirit. That's what David was saying. And when we pursue him, and he's the number one priority in our lives, the matter of our heart, everything, I mean everything else, will be taken care of. Devarim. I close with this verse. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 29 says, Haver, from there you will seek Adonai your God, and you will find him if you search after him with what? Say with me, all your heart and being. That means making seeking God the number one priority. That's what one thing I ask means. The number one priority of my life. And everything else falls behind that. So as we prepare for the high holy days this year, may seeking God become the priority of our lives. May we be able to say as David did, God, there's only one thing that matters in my life. That is you. And I'm going to pursue you with everything that is within me. You are the one that my heart longs for. And as we do this, I want you to know that you can be assured that his presence will bring the greatest satisfaction into your life. 
and will resolve all the issues you have one way or another. So let us say, God, one thing I seek, and that is to know you more. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Before I close with the ironic benediction and a blessing over the bagels and coffee and cake, I want to give an opportunity for those who perhaps have not yet connected to God through the Messiah. As Chris shared at the beginning, our purpose here as a congregation is to connect people to God through the Messiah and help them to get from where they are to where God wants them to be. And the way to truly, truly connect to God, it is good to have that desire as David did, one thing I seek But there's only one way to truly connect to your creator, and that is through the Messiah, Yeshua. To accept his atoning work, as we're getting ready to go into the high holiday season and thinking of the day of atonement, Yom Kippur, you know, blood sacrifice had to be made for our sins to be atoned for, and the good news is Yeshua gave his life as a once-for-all sacrifice. So I'm going to lead in a simple prayer today, But it's not a simple matter. It's really uh, a serious thing. And I would encourage you to come and talk to my husband. In fact, my husband will be sitting at a table today for all of our visitors. If you are newer to the congregation or even if this is your first time today, please try to make it to that table and try to make it to the front of the line. In fact, Bethy Mandel people, push visitors to the front, please. Uh, and uh, my husband will talk to you, and after I meet with my ONEG committee, I'll come join the table, and we can answer questions you might have about this prayer we're about to pray. But I want to tell you that you're not here by accident. You're not here just because someone invited you. Maybe you've been planning to come for a few weeks, and, and you finally made it. You're here by divine appointment because God loves you and because he wants you to know him, and the way to know him is through Messiah and accepting what he did for you. So let's pray this prayer. I ask everyone to pray it with me. And again, if you're praying it for the first time or you have questions about what it all means, please talk to Rabbi Michael or myself afterwards. Adonai, thank you for bringing me here today. I hear what the rabbi is saying. And know there's not much I can do about my sin myself. So I choose today to accept the sacrifice of Yeshua on my behalf. I repent of my sin and choose to live my life for you. Amen. Amen. I'm going to close with ironic benediction. Rabbi Michael is going to be making his way upstairs as I do that to get ready to greet our visitors. And again, we... uh, Uh, invite everyone to please stay for coffee and cake and bagels and enjoy a time of fellowship uh, together. So, Yivarecha Adonai v'yishmerecha, Yair Adonai panavalecha v'kuneka, Yair Adonai panavalecha v'yasim lecha shalom. Just speak the peace of God upon you. May you truly, truly hunger and thirst for him. May he be the number one priority. And in that, may you know great joy and great peace. In Yeshua's name, amen. We're going to bless the food together here. Baruch Adonai, Eloheinu Melech HaAlam, Shechoni Yabid Varo. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who by your hand all things came into being. Thank you for the food we are about to eat. Bless our time of fellowship in Yeshua's name, amen.
Want to see everyone upstairs? Please join us. Thank you.